Welcome to the teaching ministry at Magnolia's First. We hope the next few minutes will help you take your next steps on your faith journey. And we would love to help you take those next steps. Just head over to m1bc.org and fill out the connect form and a pastor will get in touch with you very soon. Or you can text us at 281-343-3033. I, I really like to sing. I really like listening to people who can sing. And when I was younger, I used to sing really loud. And I just loved it. I, I would run around the house and sing, and I still do that a lot. You can ask my kids, it annoys them. Because uh, I just make up songs and just say crazy stuff. But growing up, I would sing really loud, and I, I, I'd always watch the people that would be up in the front singing, and I thought, man, that would be, that'd be cool to do. I would love to do that. Uh, there's just one, one, one problem is I can't sing at all. Like, it's, I was, I was, I told the story in the first hour. I, when I went to college, I went to Abilene Christian University, which is a Church of Christ college. And if you know anything about Church of Christ, they don't use instruments. It is just a cappella. And every morning at chapel, we would go, we had to go to this thing called chapel. It was 30 minutes every day. And first 10 minutes of it was singing. And it was just a cappella. And I went with my roommate who, because I didn't know anybody else. And, and my, my roommate could sing. Uh, he's actually a worship leader in Houston now. He, he can sing. And I'm listening to this beautiful thing, and I'm just doing my thing. I am just singing. I mean, loud. And after a few weeks of that, my roommate looked over at me, and he went, hey. <laughs> and I went, what? He goes, man, you're throwing everybody off. You're not, you're not, even, you're not even close. And I was like, Noted. That was the end of my, my aspirations to be a worship leader because there was a lot of other things too. Couldn't play an instrument. Can't, can't do any of those things. So, I mean, I didn't have a chance. Uh, but the, that's okay. I, what I had to embrace in that moment and what I have to still embrace is that the, the gifting that I have is not to sing. And that's okay. And what I want, hopefully, as you've listened to this series, if you have over the last three weeks, what I hope you walk away from is that whatever you're gifting, whatever God has placed inside of you, that you would embrace it and that you would use it to the glory of his body. And we've talked about how what Jesus wanted for all of us was not to just have all the same gifts but to have lots of different gifts and to use them in unity. And that unity is not uniformity. Not everybody is going to be like you, and thank goodness. Thank goodness we have people that can sing. Because we'd probably skip that section if it was me. But thank goodness that we're all different, and every part of us comes together to form this glorious body, just as God wanted and just as Jesus said in John chapter 17 before he went to the cross, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. 
That was Jesus' heart. That was his desire for us as believers, that we would be one, that we would take all of our individual gifts and abilities and use them for his glory to bring about more followers of him so that the world may know that Jesus was sent by God to save our souls. And over the last couple weeks, I talked about two basic things, that everyone has a part to play, and you were designed with a purpose on purpose. It's not an accident who you are, and it's not a mistake. It was intentional. The, The creator of the universe made you on purpose, and we should embrace that. And we shouldn't constantly look around and say, I wish that I could be, or if only I had this gift, or my gift's not that important if I could just have something else. If you're doing that, you're discounting what God has given you. And whatever the role is, and whatever part that you play, and whatever gift that you have, it is vital to the success of the body. And we, at this church, I started the whole series talking about how awesome a church this is. Because so many in this place have embraced their role. They have embraced their purpose. And they use that in an amazing way. So many faces that I'm looking at right now are people that I know serve the body of Christ in some form or fashion, whether it's here on campus on a Sunday or during the week or, or in kids' ministry or somewhere. You serve. Maybe it's in your office place. You, you open up about what you believe. And you, you go and you evangelize your office. You're intentional about that. Whatever it is, so many of you have embraced this. And I would hope that as you hear this message today that you are encouraged. But for those of you that haven't taken that step, who haven't, who haven't really embraced your purpose, I really want you to pay attention today. We're finishing up in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where Paul is addressing the church in Corinth and and the church in Corinth was in in disunity and they were falling apart and they were breaking up in fractions and, and Paul recognized this and he said, hey, listen, we're all one and we all fall under one headship and that is Christ Jesus. We don't say that we follow one or we follow the other, we follow the one and we are all part of one body. And as he has listed out, and we've looked over the last couple weeks, those parts fit together perfectly if we embrace them. And when he gets down to verse 27, he wants us to see what those parts are so that we can start to move forward in our purpose. He says, all of you are together in our Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, and those who speak in unknown languages. Then he says, okay, those are some of the gifts. What parts do we use? Or what, what, what part do I play? And do I have all of those things? He answers this question, He says, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? 
Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. We're not all the same. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Now let me show you a way that is of life that is best of all. We're going to get to that last statement at the end. But I want you to just lean in a second where he says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. He's saying, listen, whatever it is that you have, whatever you could be, that is whatever is your part, embrace it. Use it. You can't be everything. Sorry. But you can be exactly what God designs you to be. And you can work as, as, as great as you can to serve him in that way. And here's what I want you to know today. Whatever your gift is, whatever it is that you do that God has given you the ability for, recognize this, that your spiritual gift is not for your own gain, but for the gain of others. That's sometimes a tough pill to swallow because we like to take the thing that we're really good at and use it for our gain. That's our default nature. But the truth of the scriptures is that our spiritual gifts are not for our own gain, but for the gain of others. We should serve people. In 1 Peter, we see this. We see Peter, who was a disciple of Christ, who watched Jesus with his own two eyes, who listened to Jesus, and who experienced things with Jesus. He says, In chapter 4, verse 10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Peter got to watch with his own eyes Jesus and the way that he loved people and more importantly, the way that he served people. Peter had his feet washed by Jesus. The creator of the universe, the savior of the world, knelt down and washed his disciples' feet. And have you ever just really looked at feet they are so gross. All, all, every one of them. But Jesus was humble and he, in humility he knelt and he washed their feet to show them one thing. We are called to serve each other. We are called and compelled. We should be. If we have the love of the Father in us, we should be compelled to serve others. Whatever our spiritual gifting is. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, Paul addresses the big question that might be in the back of every one of your minds. Okay, I need to serve. But how much is enough? 
How much do I need to serve? How much do I need to give? How, how much of my time are we talking here, Seth? Paul answer. I'll let him. He's kind of a much bigger deal than me. Verse 7, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. If you are in relationship with God the Father, and you are truly seeking his heart and seeking to know him more, then he will put in you an understanding of how much to give. Because he will compel you to serve in a way that follows your gifting and is exactly what is needed in the body that he has created and put together perfectly. We're the ones that ask the question. He's just saying, serve. Do what I've given you to do. Trust me that what I've given you to do is perfectly set up to accomplish the goal of the body, to bring about followers of Christ. And I want, you, I want to make sure you hear this right. If you're serving because you feel guilty or if you feel pressured, then don't serve. And listen, that's hard for a former kids pastor to say, okay? Because we always need people. I know what Miss Haley's going through right now. She is looking for folks like crazy. But the truth is, if you're only serving because you feel like you're required to, or you're guilty because you know that you've been blessed, but you, you don't know what to, then don't, just stop. Stop and take a step back and, and, and get your heart right before you take that step forward. Because I want you to serve, and this church wants you to serve, this body needs you to serve as an outpouring of the love that you have for the Father in heaven. It should be a compulsion. It should be something that you can't restrain. That's, that's when you know you should serve. And that's when you truly embrace what you are called to do. You serve with passion. You wake up thinking about the next opportunity that you get to serve. And if you don't have that, then you, you gotta look inward as to why. How is your relationship with Christ? Because we should wake up with that desire. We've all been made a part of the body. If you have accepted Christ as your Savior, and listen, if you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, then you, you're like, man, I don't understand what he's talking about, but I kind of like that passion. I want that passion. The first step is accepting Christ as Savior. But if you have done that, if you have made him Lord of your life and you have asked him to, to lead and guide your life, then I promise you what scripture teaches me and what it should teach you is that you will have a compulsion to serve his people, to serve the body, and to serve those who need to know him. There's not a choice in that matter. Our heart's desire and our overflow of love of God that is in us should compel us to show him how much we love him by serving his people. And listen, you may be thinking, okay, 
for two and a half weeks now, I have listened to you say, you need to serve, you need to embrace your part, you need to, that everybody's a part of the body, but what is there to do? Well, you've shown up in the right place on the right day because I'm about to show you all of the ways that I know that you can serve here at Magnolia's First. And the truth is, this is not a full list. And, and I don't know what you guys are doing out in the world where you live. But I know what's going on here, so I'm going to give you some of the ways that you can get involved here and serve the people and serve uh, the community of Magnolia. And if you have other things, that's great. Whatever it is, as long as you are fulfilling the mission that Christ has given you to bring about disciples of all nations and to partner with us here at Magnolia's First to engage every generation to become Christ's followers, then you're doing your part. All right, so... Let's look at this part. So here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you today, this week, it's easier if you do it today. You'll forget by tomorrow. I want you to choose a way to serve the body. And you can look on m1bc.org serve. I've put a whole list of little buttons that are ways that you can get involved. Each button takes you to a little form. You put a little, your name, not a little, you put your name in, address, phone number, click submit, and one of the pastors who's in charge over those areas will contact you very soon. Uh, that's what's gonna happen. And it looks like this. They can put it up on the screen. There you go. Looks just like this. Okay, so when you get there, if you get to this page, which you can scan the QR code, or really you can just type in m1bc.org serve, it will take you here. Now, I know what you're thinking. Seth, I can't read that. No problem. Nobody can read that. Okay, maybe I can read that. But I have really good vision. So let me, let me just talk to you about some of the things that are going on, okay? So you can take that down. All right, so here's some of the things that are going on. The first thing is obviously on Sunday mornings, we have this big thing that happens called church. And at 9.30 and 11 o'clock, and really starting at 8 o'clock, we have Sunday school classes. We have stuff going on all over our campus, and right now, there's a group of about four of us that show up at about 6 o'clock to get this whole thing kicked off, start turning the lights on, get the cameras rolling, get all of the ACs on, get everything unlocked, and most importantly, someone starts making coffee. <laughs> it's vital. They push the button, they start, you, that, that, the sweet... You hear that drip, 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 and you're just like, yes, it's coming. We would love it if someone would want to join in and jump. You know, if you're a 6 o'clock in the morning person, and you're sitting around on a Sunday morning, and you're like, I wish there was something for me to do. Coffee team. Well, we would love to have you. There's all our, seriously, though, there's so many things that are going on, the kids' ministry, the preschool ministry, the student ministry, every one of those areas has a place for you to serve. If you are passionate about serving the next generation, join them. We have a big thing going on with the kids' ministry coming up, in case you haven't paid attention at all. Uh, VBS, 300 and some odd kids are going to hear the name of Jesus and what Jesus did for them and what, how their lives can be transformed over the course of this week. You can be a part of that. In fact, all you have to do is go online and you can still register to serve. Uh, you can't register your kids anymore. You can come tomorrow and bring them when you're going to start serving. You can bring them and get them all signed up in the, in the kids' building. But if you want to sign up to serve, Ms. Haley would love that. Just go to the kids' page and you can sign up there. And from 9 o'clock till 1230, you can make the difference in the lives of a kid. 
Even if you're thinking, well, I can't teach. That's okay. We don't need you to teach. We got that covered. We just need you to love kids and enjoy VBS with them like a kid. It's awesome. We have a worship team that you see every Sunday morning. Uh, maybe you're like me and you're like, ooh, I would love to be up on the worship team, but I, I don't know if I can sing. Well, listen, Dalton will tell you that very graciously, okay? He's very kind, he's very nice, and he will look at you and he'll say, thank you for your audition. Maybe, maybe you can work with the tech crew and you can help set up the stage. Listen, there's so many things that we can do in worship ministry that may not involve you being behind the mic, and that's okay. We have prayer team. Prayer is so important here at Magnolia's First, and we know that it is, it's, it, it's the most important thing that we all can do. And we have an incredible prayer ministry that's led by Ms. Cindy C., and she would love to have you help join her team to minister and to pray faithfully for all of the needs that come in each and every week. If that's your passion, if that's your calling, jump in on that. We have a welcome team. Listen, the first five minutes of a, visitor, of a visitor's experience here on this campus, within the first five minutes, most of them make a decision as to whether or not they're coming back. The welcome team on their golf carts, out the doors and the towers, are a vital component of this experience here on Sunday mornings. We, we need smiling faces. If you're not a smiling face, don't apply for the welcome team. Okay, if you can't, don't do that. We need the people that are like, hey, what's going on? Good to see you. Glad you're here. I'm so happy that you're here. That's what we need on the welcome team. That's your gift. Use it. If you're, the, if you're more of a gruff person, maybe the coffee thing is your deal. Okay? <laughs> Weekly, we have men's ministry. We have women's ministry. We have groups. We have all types of meetings that take place throughout the week. And listen, you may not be the teacher because you're like, that's not my gifting but you can be a host, you can be a coordinator, you can help me. That's got to be pretty nice. I mean, come on. You can work with me. And we could, we could really strengthen our group's ministry. We need people like that. We need the body to come together to help us to grow our small group's ministry. We have support groups for those people that are going through difficult stages of life, such as uh, grief or divorce or long-term care, and we have a Celebrate Recovery ministry that meets every Monday. They would always love smiling faces and helping hands. Where your passion is, wherever it is, we have a place for you. We have missions organizations. We have lots of missions work that Pastor Jeff would love to have you serve with. For example, we have uh, the neighborhood welcome team. We have so many new neighborhoods and so many new people moving out here that what we've decided to do is go and greet them personally with a coffee mug and a little thing that says, this is M1BC, welcome home. And we just give it to them and it gives you an opportunity to say hello to your neighbors that are moving in and say, welcome to the area. Is there anything I can do to help? Is there anything I can do to make you more uh, comfortable? Do you have a church home? That's it. It's a friendly way to engage your neighbors. We also have uh, SOS, Fresh Start. We have multiple prison ministries. If you're interested in that, I can get you in touch with the guys who lead those. They're a 
powerful organization that's, that's showing grace to some people that don't believe that they deserve it. And Jesus says they do. And we have ministries that help them. We have Fulton Place, which is once a month we go down and serve those that are down in uh, Houston and they're homeless. And we give them lots of different things and, and help them along the way. We have Pinehurst Kids where we go and we pick up kids and bring them so that they can hear the love of Jesus here in this place. And it's making an incredible difference in the, in the community and in these kids' lives. We have ESL. Uh, English is a second language. That, that meets on a, a semester basis. We had so many people from our community join us at the church for ESL this week. It was incredible, this year, and is incredible, and it's going to start up again here soon. If you're someone that's like, well, I don't know Spanish, apparently that's not even required. They, they were able to use a lot of people who didn't know Spanish, and they're able to be very, very helpful in, in integrating into that program and serving the people that, of that part of our community. And we also have short-term missions. In fact, in just a couple weeks, we're taking a team up to Cuesta, New Mexico to work with Pastor Jesse Hardy, who is working uh, to, in the town of Cuesta to establish a church that reaches people for Jesus. And in fact, I was texting with him a couple days ago, and he said they had their first decision to follow Christ up there. It was unbelievable. It's, that's what it's about. And we, we have the opportunity to go up there and to serve his group of people as they minister to that, that, uh, that community. And so if you or your family want to join Pastor Jeff on that mission trip, then I would say, man, hit that button and say, I'm, I'm in. Give a week of your time. We have a lot of other things that are going on. Did you know that we have a disc golf course? It's the thing that, you know, you kind of have to dodge as you go up and down the... The, the driveways, it's pretty fun. Uh, the dodging, not necessarily. The game, I think, is pretty fun, too. But the, I like weaving in and out of their discs when they throw them across the road. We would love to have an, soon an event host group of people that meet and take water bottles out to those folks and just say, thanks for joining us here at Magnolia's First on the campus. Hope you're having a good time. Is there anything we can pray for you with? Uh, and just serve those people as they come out to play disc golf where it's unexpected, but it's an encounter for Christ. We have the pumpkin patch. We have lots of different events. In fact, we, you know, we need people always to help host meals. We have a lot of funerals that ha happen here, and if you're someone that has a host mindset, you can serve at uh, funeral meals, and, and just it really is serving, and it's a great way to serve the body. But whatever you're gifting, whatever it is, embrace it. And take your step, the next step of faith. Take that next step. If you're not involved somewhere or if you know you can do more, then my encouragement throughout all of this is to help us become the, the body that Christ truly wants us to be and step up and serve in your place. But what I want you to do first is to pray. Pray that God would soften your heart for what he wants you to do. And then I want you to get with your group of people, get with your circle, and look them in the eyes and say, what can we do as a group? What, how can we serve as a group? How can we come together and do our part in the body? We have so many great uh, Sunday school classes and community groups and Bible studies that meet all over campus throughout the week and throughout the year. I would challenge each and every one of your groups 
to, to come up with some way for you to serve. Because it's great if you're learning what the Bible says and learning what Scripture teaches and, and, and being there for each other and being vulnerable, but man, you've got to engage with experience that which you're learning because we want to make a difference for Christ and we don't want to just keep it all here because our, our spiritual gifts are not for our own gain, they're for the gain of others. We must engage out. And Paul said, listen, if you want to live that greatest life, at the end of chapter 12, he said, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. If that's what you're looking for, which who's not, then what I want you to do is listen to the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So he's, he's set it up with, we are all parts of the body, and here are all the parts that we can serve with. And he said, look, all of it's good, but if we don't have love, it doesn't matter. We must love and love well all those who God has put in our path. All of those. You want to live the greatest life? Embrace love. Let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others. I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything to, I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then... I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. I would hope that your heart is compelled as a part of the body of Christ to take that next step of faith in love 
and to serve, not because you feel like you have to, but because you know the Father and the love of the Father is in you and you are compelled to show that love to others. That's been the goal of this series, to understand that whatever your part is, it is valuable and it is needed and Jesus wants to use you in that way and you have to make the decision to take that step of faith. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you that you have gifted us perfectly with each unique individual gifts. Help us to take those gifts and to walk forward in your truth, loving your people. God, help us to humbly walk with you and serve others as you served us. Father, thank you for Jesus, for his death on the cross and his resurrection that gives us life. I thank you for these people, this body of believers. Help us, Father, to show your love to all that we would come into contact with. In Jesus' name, amen.